healing and faith. Um, I think one of the things is that I've been able to do is do a lot of reflecting on my own life and journey and faith and, um, you know, just because I want to learn and grow and 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 it's it's just this, you know, when you're reading the Bible and then you're also kind of relating it to where you've seen that in your life, all of a sudden more and more like life, it's just like more and more things make sense. Um, if you turn to Mark 8, the reason I want to share this record actually, this is the first record that I want to share today. Um, <laughs> but the reason I wanted to share it, it's a, I mean, it's a great record of healing and everything, but um, uh, we've been talking about the fact that, that, I, that, that in order to, to receive healing, you need to have faith. And so I want to keep talking about faith as we're talking about, um, as we're talking about healing, because it's, you know, kind of a big deal. But I was thinking about this, <laughs> what's funny about this, uh, this record is it reminds me of a time that my faith was not good, not good at all. And um, it was, it, my heart was hard. I hadn't been, it's really funny because what had happened is I was like, I had started off as a Christian and was super like gung-ho, full of faith, like just man, I, I walked around like Jesus was right next to me. Like everywhere I went, I was just like, yeah, we're going someplace, you and me. Like I'm your ambassador. And, you know, I was like so on fire when I got saved. Like Jesus was just really, I, when I went someplace, I thought me and Jesus were going someplace. It was like, you know, and, and that I represented him. And I'm like, I'm, your, I, I'm representing Jesus. Like I was just excited. I, was an, I read those scriptures. I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ and like wanted to share it with everybody. It was super on fire. And then, of course, I, like, from that and that kind of enthusiasm, I wound up kind of moving into a different place where I had more and more responsibility in ministry and, and things like that, where I started getting more, where it's, it's the weirdest thing, how you can be, talk about God a lot and not seek him out at all. And that was kind of where I, what I started doing. Like, I wasn't praying, wasn't reading the Bible, but, man, I talk God all the time. There was more, it was more about... Um, my value and my worth, and it was just really got to be, and and I got it, I was a part of this church thing where I was you know young and kind of ascended to this position, you know, um, where a lot of attention came along with it and everything, and um, had a congregation of three hundred people, and I was young, and so I thought it was really hot stuff. I mean, I was just like all of a sudden God was not, I, oh, God was only serving me feeling like I was hot stuff, you know. <laughs> it was just like, and um, it became you know more about me. And so back then, we had these um, name tags that said you know that I had gone through a certain amount of classes and whatever, and it, hardly anybody had them. And I was the youngest person ever in this ministry by many many years to have ever gotten that. So I walked around with that name tag like, man, I, I, I thought it was something else, let me tell you. And then all of a sudden I was at this huge festival where there's, you know, 20,000 people and hardly any of us had those name tags. And, um, and, and somebody brought a blind person up to me to ha have me heal them because I had the name tag. And I'm like, all of a sudden, not liking the name tag so much. I'm like, wished I could take this off. Because at the point, at that point, all it represented to me was people being really impressed with my spirituality. And then I, I was just like, 
I was like, this isn't going to happen. I'm not, it's not going to happen. This is insane. There's no way this person is getting healed. Like, but I, there's no way out. I seriously was trying to figure out a way to go. I'm busy. I almost tried to say I was busy and had to go do. I seriously, I seriously, that was like part of my plan, like going, but I thought, how do you say that to somebody who's blind and wants to be healed? I, I really have another more important meeting to get to, you know, for us important spiritual people. And I'm just like, so I was like, I can't get out of this. This is going to be ridiculous. I'm going to pray. This person's not going to get healed. And I'm going to feel like this is going to suck. And I'm all about me, not them. I'm just like, this is going to suck for me. And um, so I prayed, for, you know, for, the, for this woman. And um, she got healed. And I mean to tell you, I had nothing to do with that. And my heart was so hard. It was so hard. And that when she said she got healed, I thought she's lying to me. I thought she made the whole thing up. I thought it was, now why would somebody do that? I look back now, I'm going, how insane is that? Somebody made it up, you know, what, why, you know, out of all the people, they just wanted to like put a trick on somebody, you know, like that, but that's how hard my heart had gotten. Like talk about like, it disgusts me, honestly. It's just like I look back, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed. I witnessed somebody blind getting healed and did not believe that I saw it before my eyes and thought it was a lie for years afterwards. Honestly, for years, I kind of thought it was all made up. You know, it wasn't until later that I realized how absolutely insane that was. Like, why would somebody do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. And it's not like it was publicized. It's not like it was, she just walked away healed and blessed, and it's not like it was like you know, there was any fanfare about it, but the reason it reminds me of this record um, a little bit, I would just want to talk about, like, from that, like, why, how is it that that's where we can be versus a place that our hearts are really soft and seeking God and really, you know, and really connected and trusting that God is there for us, like, and, and I've been, like, looking at my life and seeing the differences of, you know, where my heart is and being up and down um, uh, with that. But it's funny because the only thing, it was, it was a record of healing. And during the healing, she, she, didn't, she didn't get her sight completely in, like, in one instantaneously. It was, like, developing. And so she was telling me this. She was sharing, and it reminded me of this record that we're going to read here, where she was first seeing shapes of things and describing what she was seeing. And I, yeah, I'm going, yeah, right, you know, the whole time. And then, and then as her healing is continuing, and she's crying and blessed, and I'm just stony, stony, stony. But, you know, playing it off, because I can't say, yeah, you're full of it, lady. Like, that's what I think, <laughs> and, you know, uh, uh, that kind of thing. But it really shows you... Um, God, I missed out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I missed out, you know, really, because she, you know, <laughs> like, I can't even believe that I got to be in the presence of that, and, you know, and that's how checked out I was from, from the greatness of God was right in front of me, but my heart was so hard, I was oblivious. And that's the truth. Like, you can get yourself to a place where your heart is so stony and so hard that you could see ridiculous miracles and be completely dead to it you know um but let's look let's you know it, it's um let's read this record actually 
uh, that reminded me of this. Uh, Mark 8, verse 22. Because <sighs> I, I, I just don't ever want to go back there. I just so... I've, I've, I've returned a few times, though, to that dark place. And it always sucks. You know, it just always sucks. And I just... I'm bound and determined. I'm like, Lord, let me not ever, ever, ever go back to that hard-hearted place where I'm leaving God out of my life. Uh, anyway, Mark 8 and verse 22, it says... They came to Bethsaida, and some of the people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took out... Actually, I need to Kleenex. Is there... Uh, cannot be crying, because I cry, and then it's not happened, so... <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it won't kill anybody. Okay. Mark, okay, brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took out the blind man, he took the, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village, which is kind of different too. I mean, it's just interesting that you see, now everybody's begging him to, it's just interesting, look at the faith there, begging Jesus to touch him, you know? I mean, like, I think that's a lot of faith, like a faith to say, just touch me you know, and I'll be healed, or just touch him. Their fr even the friends having that much faith of, Lord, just touch him and he'll be healed. You know, that that's all that it, it, would, it would take. But it's kind of interesting because it doesn't say why at all, but it says that Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Now, like, it's so funny. We're going to read this, and guess what? It never tells us why that happens. There's, like, nothing in that at all. But you see, one of the things you see in the manifestation of healing pardon me, is that you see that, it, again, remember, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, it's never going to be a formula. You have to listen to God. It's not a one, two, three check. You have to hear from God and walk out on what God's telling you as far as what to do. And for whatever reason, Jesus said, hey, take the guy by the hand. Come on, let's go outside the town. <laughs> like, to, to do this. And obviously, there's not a lot more written about it, so he probably didn't protest or, you know, who knows. So why, or say, I don't get it. What are we doing that for? Whatever. It's like, and then it says, let him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, and, you know, there's a few spitting incidents here, uh, but it's not every time. It's not like spit is the whole magic either. Because, again, how often does our faith, instead of trusting God, go to something physical or some kind of formula or some kind of whatever? We go, hey, that's it. We'll just spit, and people get healed. Um, Nah, it's not going to work. Uh, I mean, people do that, honestly, with healing. Maybe not the spit part, but, you know, but people do that, you know, like that healing looks the same, like heal, shh, knocking people down. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of gets, like, where did that get to be the formula for healing, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just like, where's the revelation in that? I just, it, I'm missing it somehow, you know, that that's like, you don't read that in the Bible. Actually, I don't even see any of the hitting stuff happening <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's offended but um <laughs> you know I just I don't know where they got that from but because what you see is you see word of knowledge and word of wisdom that that they're hearing from God so they spit in the man's eyes and he put his hands on him Jesus said do you see anything and then he looked up and he said I see people they look like trees walking around which is just sort of like wow I can't what does that mean but trees walking around I don't know but um 
anyway, guy, and then it says, um, but that was, it reminds me, because this lady was talking like that, like in a way, like she was just saying, I see, I, you know, I see like shapes of the, you know, it was just really weird as she was just describing, you know, that. And then it says, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. So again, you see the revelation because this, I don't read that in other records that it's like he laid hands on him once, laid spit, laid hands on him again. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> everything was clearly. And then Jesus um, sent him home, I don't know why, uh, and said, don't go into the village. So he, a lot of times he's telling people not to spread the words that he's not mobbed too badly. Uh, but anyway, so that's the, that's the first record I want to um, go to. Let's go to uh, Matthew 27. Now, one of the things I want to say about this is that, you know what, skepticism's okay. Skepti where I was at was <clears throat> not just skepticism. You know, you can be skeptical, you know, doubt, you know, questioning, right? Quest qu there's nothing wrong with questioning. Why would that be a bad thing? You know, like questioning actually, if it's done in a place where your heart is seeking and wanting answers is great because guess what? Seeking ye shall find. So questioning can be a really big part of seeking, can't it? In fact, a lot of times if you don't question, that actually can be an obstacle to faith because the truth is, I've also been in the thing where you just ignore the, the, the doubts. Well, that doesn't really get you anywhere either. I, I, you know, I came from that sort of church environment where if you had doubts, you just acted like they weren't there. Well, it doesn't really resolve the things that you have questions about so you get to the place of having faith. So it doesn't work. It's lying to, to yourself. And you know what? Lies don't work. They just don't work. You lie to yourself. No, no lies work. Reality's your friend. So <clears throat> if your skepticism is coming from a place of seeking and where that's the question, but you're just open. You just want to know what the truth is. That's a great thing. That's a great place to be. My heart was in a place that was not seeking at all, where I was way out of touch with reality. I was making up my whole other reality because I saw, I saw something right in front of my face and I'm like making up a whole other reality. So that's not skepticism. That's a lot of self-deceit and hard-heartedness and not seeking and digging my heels in and shutting myself down, which is a really different thing. I think a lot of people ha think that there's something wrong or have shame about skepticism in the questioning. You know, it actually won't help you move towards faith if you don't allow for that, if you don't like go, okay, I, I don't know, you know, what, the, what that's about. That's kind of like what Lachey was talking about, Patty's prophecy. and kind of thing. In Matthew 9, in verse, um, oops, in verse 27, oops, um, 927, 927, um, it says, here's another little, little bitty faith, uh, healing thing. In verse 27, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Wow, that's kind of intense, too, because remember what mercy is? It's like, you know, look past my, my sins, you know? The mercy is having the, not, not holding to your account, you know, uh, your sins. So it's kind of... Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool that you see as far as their, their heart and their desire there. Um, where did, oh, I lost my place. Okay, here we go. And then it says <coughs> in verse 28, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, 
Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. So we really see, again, we see a huge, huge connection uh, to, to having faith. But what does that mean? Let's go to Luke 17. You see healing faith, healing faith. But you know what can happen? Well, we'll take a look. Luke 17. Because what is it to, faith is to believe, to believe that God can do it, to believe that God is willing and able to do it. In Luke 17, we see, what if you don't have, you know, if you ever, I think we, we've all, well, we've all struggled with um, wishing we had more faith. Because if you, if you get healed, if you got faith, man, I, I want some faith. You know, if faith is, is how to receive the promises of God, which is true, then it, it'd be a good thing to, to have some of that. So um, in Luke 17 and verse 5, we see a couple of principles. It says, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, that's a great thing to pray for, guys. You know, a lot of times we have this thing where we have shame about not having faith. You know, um, we feel bad about it. We feel stupid. What's wrong with me? Why aren't I trusting God more? Blah, 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 you know. And so the thing is, is for one, it's, it's, it's available to pray and ask God to help you in areas that you don't have faith. Again, faith really comes from a place of seeking God out. If, you're, if you are moving towards seeking God and going, I, I want you, God. I want you in. I want to be close. I want to see you. I want to believe you. I want to get it. You know, God can help with that. And you see that. You actually, we're going to see, like, later. There's, like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of records, actually, where it talks about being able to ask God for faith, but here's, here's the response. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed and it, see, and it will obey you. Now, I brought some mustard seeds. And I, so what I want you to do is I want you to, to take one and pass it around because I really think you got to get what, uh, if you haven't ever felt a mustard seed in your hand, uh, and then we'll try and, because we can ponder, take, take one and pass it around. I, I really want you to get, these are teeny. These seeds, these seeds are small all. So why would it be, this is kind of a funny thing to say, because usually we're going on and on about, oh, we got to have this faith and got to have, and don't you think that you got to have this like mega, mega faith that looks flawless and, you know, and... I'm like Moses out there and parting the Red Sea. And, you know, has anybody got the picture that that's what it's supposed to look like for you? Yeah. Well, Jesus says, if you have faith like a mustard seed. Now, actually, one other part of the Bible, when it talks about mustard seeds, it talks about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And then when Jesus talks about it, it's like, because it's the smallest little teeny seed that there is, but it grows up into this big giant thing. So, what would he be trying to tell us if he says, if you have faith like that, you guys got the mustard seed in your hand? That's how much faith you need. Now, that's how much faith you need to say to a mulberry bush, there's another place that it says actually the same thing about the mustard seed and faith, where Jesus also says, if you have faith like that, you could say to a mountain to jump in the lake and it will do it. Now, does that look like a lot of faith? 
So what would be the possible lesson? Can you manage that amount of faith? Doesn't sound quite so scary. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you got to get. Now, why? Like, what's the point here? What do you think? What do you think the illustration is supposed to be? You don't mean, definitely you don't need much. And why is that? Because if all of a sudden we start putting it about our great faith, where does that make our focus? On us, not God. And where's your faith then? Crap, it's crap. It's just, there's no faith. You know what I'm saying? It's, if you start looking and start focusing on you again, your faith just goes, you know? It's just like, it just crashes and burns. Do you know what I'm saying? If we make it about all of a sudden looking at ourselves and having this great expectation of faith. So, because the power is not in the faith. The faith has zippity doo dah power. There's just no power in the faith. The power is in God, not the faith. Does that make sense? I mean, that's why he would use an illustration of that teeny little seed. The power is not in the faith. The power is in God who has the power. All we got to do, the only point of faith is to have just a little smidge of it that we trust, that, that we're putting our trust in God and not us. That we're looking to God and going, oh, yeah, I get it. God can do it. He's able and willing. And faith, the only reason God has even got faith is to honor our free will, that he's not con controlling our lives and making all the decisions and running things for us, that we really get to choose. We get to choose whether we seek God out or not. He is not going to come in and run your life for you. God gives free will. You see that. It's huge in the Bible. Huge. He does not control. So it's your choice to seek him out or not. Okay. Let's go to, um, it's kind of nice to go. That's how much faith I need, right? It takes a lot of pressure off. Um, let's go to Ephesians 1. You know, it's kind of interesting because I was thinking about actually the story. Actually, I'm going to tell it, but... Um, uh, that, you know, I've, I've thought, it's funny because when I think about this mustard seed of faith, when I have seen actually a lot of ridiculous miracles in front of my eyes when I was kind of believing that they were true, like besides the blind person, but I've seen other miracles right in front of my face. I've seen other miracles that I, where, you know, where God's done phenomenal things and I can relate to the mustard seed of faith because what, because when I, this is another one of my reflecting, like of when I've seen God work, it's like, and my faith was there. And even honestly, in, in what I've just been through, like where my faith was at, it's not like my faith was like, uh, no doubts, no, it wasn't that. It was just that there were glimmers of me just getting it that God loves me and would want this for me. You know, I just had glimmers of going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, God's big enough. He can handle this, actually. And he would want to do it. Why wouldn't he want to do it? It's like, so if you can think about it, we just need our hearts to get where it makes sense to us that God is willing and able to do it. Um, it's funny because um, Adam, um, you can ask him for details, but I like telling the story because um, one of the, there's been a couple of really notable like miracles that have happened, you know, in the in the last uh, few years, anyway. 
Because once I see a miracle, I can talk myself out of it. Like uh, many, many times I've seen things and go, was it really, well, maybe they weren't really that sick or maybe their arm really wasn't broken or do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe they just thought it was broken or, um, you know, I, I, you know, I will talk, I am a, you want to talk skeptic. I'm, I'm right in there. I'm like hardcore skeptic. I, I will question anything. So, so, but there's a couple that happen that are pretty hard. I tried to talk myself out of them. Trust me. And it didn't happen. One is Kristen's um, healing, which she's going to share actually um, in the, the week after next. Next week is Team Avatar, and she's going to share her m- miracle healing story. And the other one is the healing of this puppy. So um, uh, when we were um, a little while after Adam and I got married and we were um, doing the church at um, uh, our house over in Cortona, uh, and you know Adam loves dogs, right? And so we had this guy that was like a regular in our church, and um, we nicknamed him Batman. And um, it was funny, and or his that was his nickname. We didn't nickname him. And then, but he was he would come all the time, and it was one of these things that was so strange because he came like every week, but he was really kind of hard-hearted. And so, you know, years went by, and in some ways you're going, why is he still here? You know, he's he's acting like he doesn't like it, you know, but he keeps coming. And he was just really kind of hard and callous, but every week there's Batman, and I'm just like, oh. So one, so one week he comes in, and oh, because we had told him he, his dog had puppies, and we're like, oh, you should bring one of the puppies. We'd love to see one of the puppies. So he brings one of these puppies, and it's crippled. <laughs> it's like, it's spine is paralyzed, and it's crippled, and we're like, Oh, that's the one you picked <laughs> like and he goes he was dead serious he goes his his name is vs for very special <laughs> and he goes i brought him to get prayed for <laughs> and again i'm thinking what what do you mean <laughs> like like god's gonna heal a a, a cripple puppy <laughs> like like what this is like there's another one. I, I kind of, I, my heart wasn't as hard, but I had kind of, I had the same reaction <laughs> to the blind lady. I'm like, oh yeah, right, that's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like, he's really gonna hate church after this when the puppy's healed. <laughs> so this, this is my head, my head. But Adam loves dogs, so we have fellowship and everything. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe we could skirt around it and just skip over the prayer and hold forget or something so that it's not like, <laughs> so, so we don't have to pray and have it not happen. So um, that's where I'm going. I'm like, oh, it's over. Gosh, nobody prayed. Good. Well, maybe he'll just forget about it and we'll move on and have refreshments. So, so anyway, so Adam's got the puppy in his lap and his puppy, oh, was so like cute face, but it was so pathetic and that it looked like a fish. It was just like, and like people were playing around with it and, and, and people were going, no, that's not nice. It's just like, it's a puppy. He doesn't know that he's like being made fun of. That he's like <laughs> Cause the whole thing was like flopping around, flopping around. And so he just was like splat, like laying on the, on the and there was a bla- um, blanket cause you know, he can't walk to poop or anything or pee. So he's like, brought him a little blanket, and he's just laying there like a fish with his little head bobbing around. And, um, and Adam holds him in his lap, you know. So fellowship's at the end, and so Adam prays for him. And I was just like, 
And it was a super, super sweet prayer, and Adam's got him in his, in his lap and everything. And then everybody, he puts the dog down, and everybody gets up and goes to the kitchen and has refreshments. Well, I'm the only one left in the family room where we're having fellowship. And so the dog's laying there splat like this, and I wish I didn't have a dress on. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> because I love acting this out. I really love acting this out. So the dog's, like, laying there, and I'm, and I'm looking... And all of a sudden, I look over, and one leg pulls up and under the dog. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and then all of a sudden, the other leg pulls up under the dog. And I'm like, and then he pushes himself up, and he starts to walk. And I'm like, the dog's walking! The dog's walking! <laughs> the dog's walking! I'm like, oh, my God. And this is like, I swear, five minutes after Adam prayed, the dog and then, honestly, what was happening is, like, so everybody runs in from the kitchen, and they're looking, and the dog's walking and wagging his tail and looking like, he's a little wobbly, he's a little wa And it was just, like, a little shaky at first. But then, apparently, he was, like, running right afterwards and everything else and got full function. And I was just, like, because he'd never walked before. And because the v veterinarian said that there was nothing that could be done because it's a spine thing, that there's no surgery, no nothing, like, you know, because he took the dog to the vet. And... <coughs> I was sitting there, and I was just like, we saw it. And then all of a sudden, it was normal for the dog to walk, and everybody went back in and had refreshments. <laughs> like, as if this is like what you see every day. And nobody's talking about the dog anymore. Like, hey, so what's up with the job? And, blah, blah, blah. and the dog's just running around like it's been doing it the whole time. And um, <laughs> so it was like, it's, again, it's sort of like, and this is why I, I want to look at these scriptures in Ephesians, because... If God can do that for a puppy, because come on, how can you explain that one? I've tried. I have tried to get around it. I thought, and you know, this is how skeptical I'm at. Well, maybe he, he drugged the dog to fool us. <laughs> you know, like, honestly, I'm like, you know, what am I doing as a minister, right? The thoughts that I have. It's just like, <laughs> how do I get by at all? But, um... <laughs> Because I was just sitting there going, but I was like, no, that's ridiculous. This is really ridiculous. I'm just trying to find out if there's any way. So it was actually pretty exciting when I couldn't poke any holes in that one. I was just like, wow, there just is no, because you could think, well, maybe it was going to get better. But come on, it happened five minutes after Adam prayed for the dog, like boom, like that. Um, and you can ask, I was talking to him because he was talking a little bit. You can interview him later about his account of the story. But it about how there was just a sense, like, that there was, like, this glimmer of faith. It wasn't like this, like, yes, God can heal. But there was just, like, this little, oh, like, come on, guys, if God, if the power of God can miraculously heal a crippled puppy, why wouldn't God do something for you? You know, why wouldn't, if God's willing to use his power to heal a puppy... Why wouldn't he do something for you? Seriously. I love Michelle said the other day, uh, I mean tonight, not the other day. Um, she was like, it's bankable. You can take it to the bank. Prayer, it's just bankable. And I was just like, amen and hallelujah, it is. God's got the power. He has got the ability. He created the heavens and the earth and all that's in them. God has the power and guess what? He is willing. He is willing. He loves you more than the puppy. You know? He does. He loves you. He's so willing. So I'm going to look at 
these records in Ephesians that talk about the power of God to us that believe. If you take a look at Ephesians 1, <clears throat> and he also, Adam, one of the things I have to say, it is kind of exciting being married to a guy that has, you know, that kind of faith. You know, he's the one that prayed for Kristen too, so it's kind of hot. <laughs> Just saying. Um, <laughs> the what? Oh, yeah, so what? Okay. <sighs> Ephesians 1. <clears throat> In verse 15, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I ask, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I'm telling you guys, we want to be in a place that we want a relationship with God. That it's not, you're missing out. If, if prayer life looks like a grocery list of just like, you know, handing the list up of here's your to-do list, God. I'm, not that God, you know, can ask God for things. But if you want faith, it comes from knowing him better. If you, you know, the closer you draw your heart into seeking him and knowing him, that's how you know he's willing and able. It's not, it's not the easiest to have faith when it looks like the, your whole relationship is a to-do list. You know, it's just sort of this disconnected, you know. Um, I mean, talking to God is better than not talking to God. But, you know, honestly, like, <clears throat> the, the goal is to come that we know him better, that that's our, the desire of our heart, is to get like this, you know. Then it's, you know, <clears throat> does wonders for your faith. Verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart. Now, does your heart have any eyes? Not since I've checked. That, that's kind of a weird illustration. Ba boom, ba boom, you know, a little eye. It's just like a little weird, you know. But why would it say eyes of heart? Think about what, what does the heart represent? Life, what? What else? Life and what else? And what? Feelings, life. <coughs> yeah. We think about the heart. Those are some of the things it represents is the, is the life and the feelings. So what would eyes of your heart, thinking about the illustration of maybe seeing more clearly, do you know what I'm saying? When it comes to how, how often we could use some eyes on our heart. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of times the heart is operating blindly, you know. So that, but it's saying that the, <clears throat> so I love the figure of speech actually. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened, is the prayer. In order, why? That you might know the hope in which he has called you. We want our hearts to see clearly so that we can know the hope which he has called and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And <clears throat> this is why we want our, the eyes of our heart being enlightened. His incomparably great power for us who what? believe. So he wants us to know that, that the eyes of our heart are lightened, that we could know the incomparable, now, the incomparable greatness of his power. God's, come on, the power, it's staggering. It's good to kind of think about it sometimes, who, who God actually is. Sometimes I'm a little, 
it helps me sometimes to just be on my knees and go, I'm in the presence of the creator of life. Like, it's good for me to be humbled. You know, it really is. It's really good for me to get in that kind of place of like, <clears throat> but the great, because then all, guess what that does for my faith? Helps my faith, honestly, to see that God is God and not a genie in a bottle. You know, because <clears throat> the power, his incomparably great power, his power is available to any of us who believe. That's it. It's available. His power is available to us who believe. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. I'm like, got all kinds of things going on here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we want, so honestly, we want to do things that help our hearts, that draw our hearts close to him to grow in faith. Faith and believing are the same thing. Faith is a noun, believing is a verb. So it's like um, the power that is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's a lot of power. And seated him in his own right hand in the heavenly realm. Let's go to um, Ephesians 3 one of my favorite sections of scripture that also talks about this, and we'll close out there. Um, it's Ephesians 3 and verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom this whole family's, his whole family uh, in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. See, this whole topic we've been talking about, Holy Spirit, the, this whole thing of why we're doing the manifestations, why we're talking about healing, why we're talking about miracles, why we're talking about faith, is because that power is in you with Holy Spirit. You have got the power of God and Christ in you right now. The same power that got Jesus Christ up from the dead. You have Holy Spirit. You are born again. You're a son of God. Right now, you've got that inside of you. You have, you, each person here has the power because you've got the power of God inside of you to get the dead up. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I want to live up to this more. You know, I want to walk in faith more and not in the flesh and not looking at me and not trusting me but trusting God because that's where the power is. It says, <clears throat> It says, who, he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith. How does Christ live inside of your hearts? It's through faith. So we want to be, you know, that, that's what we want to be. It's, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, how are you going to know how big Christ's love is? I'm telling you, we want to, for our faith to grow and to see this, we want a relationship, not a formula. We want to be in a place that it's not just about checking off the box, but that we're seeking him and wanting to be close, wanting to know him and know that we are known by him. Because what does that do for our faith? Faith comes out from drawing your heart close to him. You know, from seeking him out, from the relationship. 
You know, it, 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 it's a natural response. It comes out from that. It says, because how much does that hurt, affect your faith to know how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ? You know, just like the prophecy today, it's like he loves you with all the mud. It is not about earning it. That's why it's so wide, high, and deep. It's because it has nothing to do with earning it at all. Christ, the blood of Christ Jesus cleansed you from all unrighteousness. He paid the price. His life for the Lord, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, there's nothing like this love. When you taste that love, you have never been loved by anybody like, like when you taste this. I want to taste it more. You know, I don't unless I'm seeking him out. You know, because there is a devil. I'm telling you, there's a devil. It's a spiritual battle, and he does not want you to be close to God. He wants you to trust yourself, judge by, by the flesh, make your decisions by the flesh. And he wants to talk you into the fact that God doesn't care, and God's judgmental, and God's controlling, and God, um, and you're not good enough. You know, to get you to push away from God instead of drawing closer to him. So then it says in verse 19, And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God is able to do, in the King James, it's exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's how I like King James better. Um, God can do exceeding abundantly above anything you can ask or think. He is able. He is able and he's willing. It says, according to the power that is at work, guess what? Within you, within us. The power is within, at work within you. You are a, you're a child of God. You are born again of incorruptible seed. That's some power. To him be the glory of the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So anyway. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's do this. Um, uh, Susan's got some stuff to share, so. Why don't you welcome what? What, honey? Oh, Adam has something to share. And Kristen has something to share. And now, should we have Susan share first, though? Or do you guys want to share first? Huh? Oh, okay. Why don't we do the announcements and then 